What's going on, everybody? Welcome to chapter 10 of the Share the Story podcast. We are trucking right along. And in this episode, in this chapter of Share the Story, I decided to uh, right the wrongs in a way. We haven't really had a whole lot of women on the podcast, and I decided to go for for, for two on this one, right? So my wife and her friend, Laura Bergstresser, join us on today's podcast. And the reason why it's significant is because we, we have a really good time on this one, because we, we talk about college, and, and, and they've known each other for about 10 years. So we get to talking about college, we get to talking about uh, different experiences and how each of them saw it from a different perspective. And there might be a couple of times where in today's podcast you might get a little lost. But isn't that just indicative of a lot of the friendships that we have? You know, they're such close friendships and they've, they've developed into something so real and so intimate that you can talk over each other. You can uh, you can spitball back and forth and bounce off of one another. And people around us have absolutely no clue as to what we're talking about, and have no clue as to as to what as to as to what's going on, what the inside joke joke actually is. But that just makes it even more funny, right? And the great thing about college friendships is they know some of the uh, deepest and and darkest parts of your life because some of that, a lot of that, happens when we're in college. And they definitely exemplify that. Sometimes your friends in college know more about you than your even your own spouse does. I choose not to believe that about myself and my my wife, but but at at, at times that can happen. And so, as you're listening to this, I hope you get the opportunity to think back on all the dumb things that you used to do, and all the ways that that used to grow you with your core friend group and the people that you did life with back when you were of a younger age so thank you guys so much for tuning in this is chapter 10 of share the story friends are like life i hope it's something that you guys could all relate to i've been michael baylor and we'll catch you on the other side Do you guys remember what your favorite or what your first drink was when you turned? I know yours. (laughs) No, wait. I drank before I was 21. But on your 21st. When you became of age, what was your first drink? (laughs) On my 21st birthday, Sarah and Hannah bought me like a pint of like really, what was it? Bacardi? No, or it was like a, I don't know. I think it might have been Bacardi. It was Bacardi. And... I drank the whole thing. The whole pint. The whole pint. And, and then, then we up. showed up, or they brought me to... I wasn't invited. No, you... No, that was like at I wasn't 21. All right. So and then, then y'all went out, and I drove you. And you came with us to McAdoo's, though, didn't you? That was Laura's. I couldn't come in. At McAdoo's, you could. I think that was the reason we moved we to McAdoo's. We went to McAdoo's because... Because I we wanted you to be there. Because Laura was 21, you were 21, but I wasn't. Right. On my 21st, somebody drove me to Portofino's and met yeah. <laughs> Laura Harrison Kate, and I thought it was you too, but... I was there. Anyway, it was not not my brightest moment, not my shiningest moment. What was but, yours? Yeah, my first drink. Mm-hmm. Something at six pence. 
I went on my 21st birthday. And just, you blacked out, After you church. can't remember? No, I had one drink. I didn't drink at all. <laughs> went to church and then... Went to church. My 21st birthday happened to be on a Wednesday night. I do remember my, Michael brought me, not you, Michael, but <clears throat> other Michael bought me a blue motorcycle. That's what I was going to say. It was your first drink. It was drink, a blue motorcycle. It's like this gigantic drink and it's like neon Full blue. Of, yeah, it has all kinds of liquor. All kinds of liquor in it. Craziness. That was, well, <laughs> one of our friends. <laughs> she probably doesn't listen. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. If she did, though. We... Um, oh, my God. How'd y'all become friends? When'd y'all meet? Gospel choir, yeah. I was so I was kind of rolling with the talking about gospel choir. Sweet. So I met Laura Harrison, Katie Anthony, in their dorm. Yeah, and I did not live in your dorm. Right, they lived in Conan. You had lived, you were living in the LLC at that time. But I knew Laura from high school. Correct. So I kind of met them through. Not I met you, you through them. Different One things. of the first memories I ever had with you though was Twister with laundry detergent. Mm-hmm. And then four years later, you gave me a new Twister set. Because she felt bad that. that my first set was ruined. Yeah, what happened we were, with that? She poured... We. We. We, <laughs> we collectively poured laundry lived, detergent on... I lived with an RA, so I had to kind of be careful about what we did. But we poured laundry detergent. I think on it was our Twister. friends. She convinced us I think us it was Kelly's it. idea. Mmm. Yeah, Kelly maybe. Ellie. Yeah, Kelly Ellie. Yeah, so we poured uh, laundry detergent all over I'm it. I'm pretty sure... What was her last name? Kelly McCrelly. Oh, I'm pretty McCrelly. sure she was like uh, like my uh, orientation. She was leader. a soul, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was my orientation. But she was like, she was like, I saw this really cool idea where you so pour laundry it. detergent on Twister on and my floor, like ten times more fun. So we did it in the lobby of a dorm. But then we we never washed it off. We put it back in the box. We folded it, it like up and ruined. put it back in the box. And then when you pulled it open, the blue circles were on top of the yellow circles, and it was a problem. But then I didn't return it. I didn't buy you a new twister until you moved out on Ivy Drive. And then I think I just dropped it off at your doorstep one day. Mm-hmm. Just like, with a birthday cake, I think it was for my birthday. A new one? Yeah. Brand new. With like a... Do we still have that? I have the card that says, just wanted to return this Twitter to you. Um, I ruined it. You know, this Twitter to you. Twister to you. <laughs> because I ruined it um, with you multiple years ago. And I had totally forgotten about it. We had a lot of adventures, though, early, in our early days of friendship. I mean, we still have adventures, but they're not as outrageous as they used to be. Yeah. When we were in college, we would, like, drive around and look for rain puddles, like, jump in them, like, childish. Oh, that's very outrageous. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Went hunting for watermelons one time. <laughs> Pretty stupid. Yeah. Riding Safe Ride. Y'all safe ride. rode around with me a lot. We're yeah, right. I forgot. You used to drive Safe Ride. Mm-hmm. That was an adventure. And you would lie about how many people were in your car. I would yeah. sit in the middle between the two captains. I'd like fill the whole car up with my friends, and then there would be no room for the actual riders to be. But then they would count how many people got in and out, and so then we had to be sneaky about who got in. You'd be and like, "How many people you have in your van?" And I'd be like, "Oh, me only." And there would be like eight people in my mm-hmm. van. Uh, and then finally, we lived together. Finally, only for you were my three last months. roommate. Before you were my last roommate. Before Michael. But you were my last. Well, before I moved back in with my parents. <laughs> Michael has said the whole time. You upgraded. That I downgraded. Michael said the whole time that I should have lived with you. The whole however many years I was living with roommates. You were the best. We did roommate. pretty good. We did pretty good together. We did. I was like really into biking when I lived with you. Do you remember that? Yeah. I like <laughs> had that bike and I would like take it up and down the stairs. Yeah. But remember the person well, you, you lived with. Take it up and down the stairs. Like she I left it in my bedroom, left it in her bedroom. upstairs. Why didn't but you just the person leave it downstairs. I don't well, remember I, just, I think I didn't want to like. 
For the person, remember the person who lived with me before you was yeah. a biker. Oh yeah, uh-huh. Emma. Yeah, yeah. Emma, I forgot you lived with her. Mm-hmm. So I would like uh, I would like bike like ten or fifteen miles and I'd come back dead, just dead. Mm-hmm. I'll fix dinner. We sit on our wall couch. Remember the wall couch? Yeah, the wall couch. And when you do, you keep up with Emma? No. No. You, do you like, know if she's alive? Yes. Okay. Sure, she's alive. I mean, she lives here in Raleigh. Oh, okay. <laughs> My last roommate lives in Raleigh as well. Yes, he does. He's very successful. Mm-hmm. Good for him. He's got a little LLC and things like that. So, what were you saying? Um, Used to ride and, and, and yeah, and then just be like dead. And then we were talking about the couch because every time you'd sit down in that couch, I'd been passed down for generations. Like you'd like be sucked into it. We have to get up and readjust the cushions because that was, was a pretty like, nasty couch. Funny story. We left it. Michael and I. I was moving out. We left it on the side of the road. We had told the person who owned it previously that if they wanted it or wanted to pass it on further, that they would need to let us know. They did not get back to us. And so we left it on the side of the road. And then Michael came home one day. And the couch, we weren't living together, clearly. He came home to his house in Boone. And the couches were on his front porch from my house. No, one part of the couch was on my front porch. The other part was in the apartment. From my house, ended up in his house. His roommate had driven by, picked them up in the sogging wet rain. And Thought it would be funny or like... No, no, no. No, he was know. about to move out and he was like, I need furniture. And so he drove past. He didn't realize that that was her house. That That's where she was staying or her triplex or duplex, wherever. So he picked like. up a sopping wet couch. Yeah. yeah. Somebody, that would be a good viable candidate for furniture. Yep. He's a college age male. <laughs> but still wet. Like, I remember when I moved into your house from the halls. I mean, from the Shepherds. Like, I moved from their apartment to uh-huh. your house. It was, it was pouring rain. It was down a downpour. And my dad came and, like, wrapped everything the best he could. But even my mattress got, like, a little bit wet. I don't remember you moving in. I remember you moving there. out. I remember you moving out. You were doing something that you weren't there. But when I moved Teaching, in. Teaching, probably. I was, like, in the, my bedroom upstairs, like, with a hair dryer trying to dry out my mattress. I don't remember that. Because I was, like, afraid it was going to mold. I remember we moved out and your dad brought that um, trailer, trailer to put, yeah. put all your stuff on. Yep. Been in storage ever since. I think when I opened my... What, your mattress? All, no, my mattress. My bed I'm using, but all the rest of my stuff. Mm. I think when I get in another place, like, when I finally move back out. It's going to be like Christmas because I don't remember what I have. I don't remember anything <laughs> about my pots and pans or anything like that. We've been so. friends a long time. Mm-hmm. How many years? Well, Seven. I met you Seven. in 2006. 2006. Ten years. Ten years. You guys should have a friendship reunion. In the well, fall. We have regular reunions. <laughs> 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 Monthly reunions. Yeah, we have reunions hey, quite often. Now. You're here with us now. I lived in... The blue house, a sublease from Laura, and in my room. In your room, you lived in my room while I was gone. You had gone. a sublease there, Mary Kate. Yeah, she got me in trouble. Oh, she did. Oh, I don't know. Because yeah, a black man was running through the yard, or did you get me in trouble? What? Oh yeah, you got me in trouble. I got a phone call that, while I was that was Brandon almost Hall. the end of mine and Becky's friendship. I forgot about that moment. What? You got me in trouble. It was before Becky and I were like close, close. <laughs> Oh, they were yeah, having yeah, a cookout. Yeah. We don't have to. We don't have to put. Yeah, you don't. We don't have to put names on it. So, but yes, I know who you're talking about now. Yes, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll cut that. So out. we were having a cookout, and it was kind of like noisy. It was a bunch of people over there, and the neighbors called the cops. And when the cops showed up to be funny, he like 
ran through the yard and, they called and like around fugitive. to the back. And then they came in and asked me, was I harboring a fugitive? And I like bust out crying and thank God for <laughs> Perry because he was there and he like... Conklin? Yeah, he like pushed me out of the way and he was like, I'll handle this because I was like hysterical. <laughs> oh my God. Wait, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, at the Blue at House. At the Blue House. It was at the Blue House. Yeah. And I was... Were y'all both living at the no, Blue House? No, I was seeing we for the summer. And so I they was, were home for the summer. It was me and then two other random subjects. I was on a teaching fellows retreat with Brandon Hall and got a phone call from Laura saying that my... La- Actually, from my landlord, I think. I, I think I might have been like, crying on the phone, too. My landlord called and said, like, if this incident ever happens again... I didn't even know about an incident. Okay, well, let's back up and say that landlord leased that house to them, and it was in a, a R1, R1 zone, which yeah. is a residential zone where you couldn't technically have more than two people with different last names living there. So it wasn't even our fault because we didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And so, then, wait, wait, so time out. So... There was a party going on at the Blue House. Mm-hmm. Who was holding this party? Me. It was you all me. Holding, but like 40 people. Were came. you living at the Blue House? Yeah, I was just living for the summer. Oh. Harris. I didn't realize that you were you lived at the Blue I House. I lived there just for the summer. And I had a subleaser. Her name was Mary Kate. She got me in trouble too cuz she didn't pay her rent. Okay, it's okay. So so Yeah. You were having you were having a party. Yeah, like at like the Blue 40 House. people came cuz it was all the people from church. And you didn't people. realize, well. Nobody knew that it was like a limited like we were supposed and to be flying just, under the radar. People were just inviting what? other people. Oh yeah, yeah, it was. I don't know. Oh okay. Oh, <laughs> house was at the bottom. It was at the bottom. I'm gonna have to do like a lot of asides yeah. in this throughout this. So anyway, so I was okay. So I our was, lives are pretty entwined. So I was hosting a cookout, and like 40 people showed up. And it got loud and noisy. We were playing music. I mean, it wasn't out of control. You didn't realize that 40 people were showing up to this. Correct. And there was no people alcohol. above called down. Then there was people up above us. And they, they they kept shining a flashlight down. And then finally the cops showed up. And when that happened, it was nighttime. And then Perry invited them to have a hot dog. Who? Right. The Perry invited the cops. Because to literally down. immediately the first words out of my mouth when I walked down on the porch to the cops before I started hysterically crying was, I swear there's no alcohol in the house. And I was just like being ridiculous because I don't—I'm not used to police. Like I'm not like a Wait, defiant so, person. So, so this individual, this individual, like, who ran from the cops, he thought it was funny. He thought it was funny. Like he thought he was being funny. So okay, so they came to the house and he ran. Well, because he like yelled out loud, like, like something about like, oh shoot, I have a warrant or something stupid, and then he like ran around the back of the house. And they saw him run. And they saw him running. And then they heard that, obviously. And then, like, they left for a minute and said, like, we're not going to write you a noise complaint, but if we have to come back, we will. And then, like, ten minutes later, they showed they back, back. Which Because is at they that saw point, him run. Which is at that point while I got hysterical because they were coming back to write a noise complaint. I was just a subleaser in the house for the summer. And then they came back and they were like, are you harboring a fugitive? And they started asking me. <laughs> I burst into tears because I was like, no. Like, I was like. Like, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> and, and then it almost ended your friendship because of what? Because you well, because got the I, call. She had to call me. Becky. And I was I'm on a teaching bells trip. And I I don't remember it being a big deal. I remember, like, answering the phone call. She and wasn't like, happy. And I just I'm didn't like, know what to do. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to handle it. At that point, like, I was, like, really, like, a people pleaser. Like, and just, like, any, per- any bit of pe- somebody being disappointed in me, like, tore me up. So, like, I, when I had to tell her... 
And then I think our landlord called and said, like, we are going to have to kick y'all out of the house if this happens again. Like, I felt like it was all my fault. And I was like, okay, well. It would have only been your fault if it happened again. Well, yeah, but I think from there on out, like, I didn't invite anyone over. Like, I couldn't really have anybody over. So So what happened to said individual? Nothing. He's never, like, this individual literally never has to pay his consequences. So it almost ended your friendship. Really. I don't think it almost ended our friendship, but I it just think, like, I perceived it as like she was super disappointed. Well, I also didn't have service, and I was at this 4-H camp in like Reedsville, North Carolina, and I, I got this. Well, it just has significance for other reasons, but hmm. um, Reedsville. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it just was. I got the information, but like, at that point in time, too, like you know, we were young, like twenty. 19 maybe and like I think I was vying so hard for friendships because for me friendships were like life you know I mean that was a lot of that was familial relationships and so I think like I thought like oh my gosh I don't want to strain this friendship that's really good you know so and that was a kind of a weird time in life where we all kind of like took on quote-unquote best friends and like kind of alienated each other based on who our best friend of the moment was that's kind of silly but we kind of we kind of grew through all, we've grown through a lot, mm-hmm. which is good. Becky's one of those people that I can say like consistently has been in every season. Like we, our relationship has been different in every season, but now I feel like it's real solid. Well, we met when we were eighteen. That so is true. I met you when I was seventeen. So we were so young. I think we've had a lot of a lot of growing. But how think, has the relationship evolved? Well, first of all, I think any friend that can still love you after they see you embraces like. It's a good friend. Embrace it. Because <laughs> most people wear braces when they're in like middle, early high school, but I wore them like late high school, early college. <laughs> so like I, was... I didn't know you braces age. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, be so. thankful. I did. But I never had braces, so thank you for loving me oh. <laughs> without braces. Oh, braces. Not all of us can have perfect teeth. No, I'm, I'm saying I don't have straight teeth. Thank you for loving yes, me. Yes, you do. Okay, anyways. <laughs> So how has our friendship evolved, not revolved? I mean, I think at the beginning we were acquaintances per se. We we didn't know a lot of people who came in together, but I think over time, like, especially through similar experiences with um, the clubs and extracurriculars that we were involved in, I think we had to kind of support each other through that. Um, We've also seen, like, a lot of people... Like walk in and out of our friendship circles, mm-hmm. but like I like I said earlier, like I feel like Becky's always been a constant. Like she's never been out. Like I yeah. feel like we've both been in the whole time, and maybe that's me being biased. Like, because you love me. We came in. I mean, like as far as like our biggest connection was church. We came in pretty close at the same time, and that circle was always evolving. But you and sure. I were pretty, pretty stayed pretty consistent. Pretty consistent. Like I mean, some points we were more involved than others, but. Even in the hard times, I think we stuck it out, you know, and and made a commitment. So I think that made a difference. But um, one good thing about mine and Becky's relationship um, is that like we've never had a problem communicating with each other. Like I think in a lot of other relationships, like you find it hard to address issues or or to just talk about hard stuff. And I've never felt that way around Becky. Like I felt like it's always been open. Mm. Yeah, we could just I could pretty much say like. I'm frustrated with you, and she could say the same. And I think that's been helpful for us. Yeah. 
So there's certainly been tense moments, but we've always been yeah. able to kind of talk. Why do you feel like you don't have that in other relationships, though? I'm or, or, I people do that, yeah. in, or people in general, I guess. It's not necessarily like, why don't you feel like, you know, but mm. in other relationships, I feel like that may be a constant for most people. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder if it's mm. like both parties. Like, yeah. we both want to communicate with each other. And mm-hmm. like, even now, when you moved away from Boone and we were still in Boone, and then in Wilkesboro, like, we stayed and had conversations and communication with each other. And now that we've left, I think, you know, that's helped it. Like, you are someone that we've leaned on mm-hmm. because you've already kind of gone through that. But, um... And, I mean, I can confidently say, like, moving from Boone, like, I lost a lot of relationships that mm-hmm. I didn't think I was going to lose. Like, yeah. I just... I thought, for sure, like, I had a lot of rock-solid relationships and yeah. they were actually not rock-solid at all. And it took me... They were proximity. Well, you know, it's funny because that. that's one of the things that we realized. Yeah. You know, like, who, who were our closest friends, mm-hmm. right? When, we, when yeah. we moved from where we went to college, right? Yeah. And I think, I think the move definitely revealed that to me, like, that there was only a few core people that were, mm-hmm. were my friends. Becky, you know, Martha reached out a lot. Like, yeah. the people that reached out to me to make sure I was, I was cool in that season... Were really the people that I was like, okay, like they care beyond, you know, proximity. Be, yeah, beyond proximity. Yeah. Not to say that any of the other people were bad. Don't care. All and not that they and don't I'm sure care. they do care, but like even a couple weeks ago, I was I went back up there and it was it was totally different. Like it had just changed. All my relationships had changed with those people. So it wasn't like I walked back into a familiar familiar place. Like I felt like I was an outsider. I definitely felt like I did not belong. You know. So you felt like you didn't belong. Oh yeah, the whole mm. weekend. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I stayed yeah. in a hotel. <laughs> we hotels are nice no I like hotels I'm just saying like you know if you go to a town where you felt like you belong for seven years and you have to stay in a hotel yeah. that, that's pretty tell tell tale right there yeah. we were the opposite it was made I think it was made for us to feel like we should belong um, and it was overly portrayed yeah I think that I think that that was maybe a learning experience though because it was communicated to me a couple times while I, after I had already booked a hotel like oh, you could have stayed here. And I was like, well, I didn't know that before. You know, and I, I certainly wasn't going to reach out and ask. So yeah. I, don't, I didn't feel the freedom to reach out and ask. But all of that aside, I mean. What's it like developing relationships outside of college? And I'm not saying like outside of like the four years that you were in school, but like yeah. after you move away from the college town that you grew up in. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. like Cause essentially. Grow, we did grow up there. Right. We really did. Right. Exactly. So like now that both of you have moved away. What's it like developing relationships? Because I know sometimes it feels like, how do people meet each other mm-hmm. when, when right. you know, once you're an adult, right? Yeah. Well, I'll certainly say, you know, the first few months I lived in Greensboro were tough because, you know, I, even though I, I, I spent my younger years there, I went to high school there, like when I moved back, I really didn't know too many people. Like, I, I really felt like, oh my gosh, I, for the first time in at least seven years, I haven't, I don't have a surround, like a whole gain of friends around me you know um so i think for me building community in greensboro has been slow and steady whereas in boone it was like fast it was real quick like i gained one friend and then i gained even after you graduated right and we're still there but both boone and greensboro the development of my community has been largely attributed to church i yeah like i don't think i don't know how people develop community without a church Mm. i really don't yeah so I mean, and I've tried to figure that out. That's not to be overly religious or anything yeah. like that. I've, I've really it's tried to figure out, like, experience. how do people meet each other? Do they go to right. the bar and develop meaningful relationships there? I don't know. So, yeah. Um, so for me, yeah, I mean, 
being at Daystar at my church in Greensboro has been a huge part of me developing my community there. But also in like your college town, like for me, I didn't really practice boundaries too much. Like I kind of hung out with everybody and anybody and forego all the responsibilities to yeah. spend time. Like and I'm yeah right. And I would sacrifice everything, everything to hang out with people. Yeah. And now once whereas you have a career, now you know I have a career, like I have responsibilities, got bills to pay, like can't hang out with everybody. Yeah. You know, sometimes five o'clock hits and I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, there's no way I can hang out with somebody tonight. Like, I'm exhausted or I need to go do laundry or I need to prep my food for the week or something. And I'll just, I have no problem saying like, hey, like, I can't, I'm not going to hang out tonight. I'm going to go home. So maybe that comes with maturity, but it's certainly been like a different development of community. Whereas in Boone, like, I was with people 24-7. Yeah. And on a drop of a dime, you can meet with anybody. Right. Like, hey, like, I need to get, I want to get coffee with someone. Mm -hmm. There's like. A gazillion people. You could just walk on campus and yeah. see somebody that you knew. Especially because of its, uh, the admin of it being a small town as well. Right. right. It was geographically yeah. small. And then once you <clears> got <throat> connected in a church and in a school. Yeah. You know, and in a, a university. I remember one person telling me, he said, once you graduate, the most meaningful relationships that you will have, um, or, well, before we move, not once you graduate. So he said, once once you move, after, you're, after you graduate, so one the relationships you develop after you leave school are going to be the most meaningful ones yeah yeah for sure i mean my mom like my whole life she would say like oh well yeah friends are you know cool now but like you're you're not gonna ever you're gonna meet your real true friends in college and i would say like that's very true for me like i mean Mm -hmm. the relationships that i would say like are my best friends now you know like that's an overused term but like you know, the people that I'm closest to are certainly people that I met in college. Right, right. Even my Greensboro community, while they're wonderful, like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say ride or die necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, you know, it is what it is. You think that's an attribute of time or is that more of an attribute of... Uh, of uh, Maturity. Yeah, you know, or <laughs> yeah. just personality or, or whatever. Because, I mean, you know, at this point you've known Becky for 10 years. Yeah. People you've known in Greensboro, even though you grew up there, the mm-hmm. people you've started to meet in Greensboro, you've, you've known for two, three years. Yeah. I'd say, like, for me, the real true test of friendship has been um, the people were the people that walked through me, like, through the most traumatic times of my life. And uh, thankfully, like, that ha- hasn't really been, like, I haven't been, like, through super traumatic circumstances. Right. In quite a few years, you know. Well, maybe. <laughs> but um, but for me, I mean, the people that really stood by me when my parents got divorced, which was in college, you know. Um, which Becky, I mean, she was a, an integral part right. of ha- kind of having my back during that scenario. But, like, every person that I would say is my closest friend now, like, they definitely walked through my parents' divorce with me. And, and you know, I mean, that's not to discount the relationships I have in Greensboro because they didn't really have a choice, you know. I mean, it's yeah, not like they, they were like, they wouldn't have been there for me or anything like that, you know. But now, you know, I find myself in Greensboro, you know, especially, like, as a 28-year-old single person, like, you know, just trying to, like, figure out, like, do I have time to date somebody? Do I have time to form new relationships? Like, it's all it overwhelming to me because I feel like, you know, I feel so almost married to boundaries at this point. Like, it's, like, the detriment of that is, like, can I loosen my boundaries to, like, meet somebody and actually, like, develop, like, another close relationship? I don't know, you know? Mm. It's tough. I don't know. So, yeah. But Becky's been a, a coach to me through, like, so many different things. Oh, stop. Well, we have done it for each other, I think. Yeah, you know, I, I think, think in times that I'm down, yeah. you're the one who kind of champions me through. And the times that you're struggling, 
I'm in a better place to kind of encourage you and I think you walked through a lot of things before I had to, um, mm-hmm. as far as moving and as far as like <laughs> healing and things like that. And mm-hmm. so when I, when we moved, um, you know, we were able to kind of glean from you and, and have a conversation with you and, and kind of learn from your healing moments and, and, and what you kind of walked through. So. I was able to say like, Hey, you're probably going to experience this and, yeah. and that's okay. You should expect it. Or- yeah. Like, no or surprises it's okay to here. feel that way. You know? Right. No surprises here. Like, but you can't stay in this position. You kind of have to move forward. You have to mm-hmm. be okay. So that's been a blessing for sure. But Laura, you're one of those people that, like, we can go a week or two if we both have a busy week without communicating, and then catch up like in a super mm-hmm. like seven to ten minute period of time, and kind of be back on like, hey, what can I do for you? How can yeah. I pray for you? Type type relationship. So. Yeah, that's a blessing. The other cool thing about my relationship with Becky is that we can we talk on the phone, and I know that sounds stupid, but like, like when we were developing our friendship, like texting wasn't really a thing. Mm-mm. You know, I remember vividly my mom calling me, like maybe my second year of college, and saying like, "You ran our phone bill like a hundred fifty dollars <laughs> over because of this texting thing," and like, I mean, so it really wasn't it wasn't right, unlimited. Right. You know, you had to pay for it and whatnot. So we never did that. Like we always talked on the no. phone and. And even to this day, like we talk, yeah, on we the talk phone, on probably the weekly. Yeah, and I think that helps build relationships too because it's not like we don't hide behind. Oh, we text. We certainly text yeah, each other, but, but it's I mean, easier and more convenient. Yeah, but like we don't. We're not afraid, like you know, to have that face to face or like voice to voice relationship. Whereas, like, I can confidently say there's a lot of relationships in my life that like don't call. And if I call, they don't answer. Yeah. And they'll text me and they'll be like, hey, you called? I'm like, yeah, I called, like, to talk to you. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of things that kind of, I can say, strengthened and, and have maintained our friendship. But the fact that we've been friends for a decade, I think, is part of it, too. <laughs> like Friends for a decade. That makes I mean, me feel really old. <laughs> yeah, but we're not old. I mean, yeah, we not. just started young, you know, yeah, and we. luckily came into college at the same time mm-hmm. and had some of the same friends and... Becky graduated on time. I did not. Yeah. <laughs> okay, My dog good. looks dead. She's out. She's out. A couple of nights ago, I would have thought she was dead because she was sick. But today, I know she's mm-hmm. she's healthy. You guys got dogs around the same time too, didn't you? No, no, no. Thank God, Laura got a dog. Did I get a dog first? Oh my God, Laura got Kennedy two years, a year and a half before I got Cal. Um, you got Kennedy as a puppy, didn't you? She got oh Kennedy gosh, as a yeah, puppy, and so again. we would meet up. Kennedy and, she, and Cal are around the same age. Yeah, yeah they're, they're the like same age, but yeah, they're the same age, but we didn't we didn't grow up with them at the same right, time. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, I, Laura, do you remember me calling you and saying like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna return this dog to the." <laughs> yeah, yeah. To the <laughs> you, were, you were like, she howls. <laughs> I don't know what to do about it. She howls. She like eats chocolate and hides it in my house and. You know, I just, I don't think that I can um, handle her. But the people at the Humane Society, they shame you if you return a dog. So what do I do? And she, you know, she would text me like, hey, you're going to make it? Like, I'd be like, I'm not going to make it through the night. Like, Cal is (laughs) crying all night long. And she would say, you're going to make it. Like, it's okay. You know, and I'd be like, I'm returning her. And she would, please just don't return her yet. So Laura was a big proponent in the reason that Cal is still part of our family. Um, obviously, I mean, you know that had they told me I could foster Calpurnia, um, we would from the not keep society, that dog. 
Calpurnia would not still be my dog. Um, I don't know where she would be. She might be euthanized or with another family. Yeah, but um, truth, truth. She, hashtag truth. Hashtag truth. She wouldn't be mine because uh, she broke. Excuse me. Broke out of my house and uh, broke out of the crate. Broke out of the crate the into my house. Pooped on every bed um, possible. Um, so crazy. Tore up all my blinds that my mom and I had just hung. So um, she wouldn't be my dog if it weren't for. Um, the lack of fostering experience and Laura's wisdom with, because I knew Kennedy was, was just mine. I knew Kennedy was crazy, and so I was like, <laughs> if I can handle Cal as a one-year-old, like, and and Laura handled Kennedy as a puppy, like, I, we we can we can make this happen. So I stuck Kennedy's with it. still crazy. She's still crazy. Well, See, so is Cal. Cal has kind of calmed down a little. No. Uh, Kennedy's calmed down just, but only literally in the last six months <laughs> has she decided like she's calmed down a tiny bit to be a little sleepy. Because everybody said, "Oh, she's a lab. She's gonna be hyper." And then when she hits about three years old, she'll be calm. I'm like, this child is not calm. <laughs> like she's not calm. But yeah, I think we. It's cool to have like. Like, when you get a dog, you become a dog person, mm-hmm. and, like, not everybody understands that. They're like, oh, stop posting pictures of your dog, and... Yeah, we FaceTime cool. our dogs yeah, more than we FaceTime each other. It's cool to, like, have a friend who gets it and, you know, wants to talk about dog things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I can always tell my crazy Kennedy stories to Becky and she'll Kennedy laugh. has great teeth, so something I, en- <laughs> I envy is that Laura so does silly. a... She, no, she, I literally never brush her teeth. Laura never brushes her teeth, but she has like white, like so porcelain teeth. teeth. And Cal has like these inhumans and dogs. Nasty. I am worried about your teeth, and I'm worried about Cal's teeth. I'm worried mm. about all family members' teeth. But Cal has like the. I'm worried about her. I'm worried she's gonna get some abscess teeth. No, she won't. And I brush she's her teeth like once teeth. a week. More than most people brush their dog's teeth. Yeah, that's I'm fine. worried about her. So projecting out. Ten years from now, mm-hmm. another ten years. You guys be at two decades of friendship. We'll be almost forty. Shut up. <laughs> That's gonna be an interesting moment. What do you guys see? So as your forties will happen, and then my forties. Right, will I'll be forty first. You'll so be I'll forty let you know first. Yeah, you'll yeah. be forty first. We'll have a huge party, and then. Yeah. What do you think? We'll still be here. I don't. What do you mean? Still in be alive? In this house, or no? I, I hope we'll we're still alive. alive. <laughs> I mean, like in this house to throw a pool party. I mean, if we buy that lot next to us, maybe. Maybe. So, yeah, then maybe we'll have a big pool party for me for 40. But 40, I mean, like, you'll be 40, obviously. Uh But maybe you'll be married. (laughs) Maybe, yeah. And have children. (laughs) We'll be married, but um, we'll see about the children. If we don't have them by that point, we ain't having them. (laughs) Maybe we'll have some more dogs. (laughs) They are like... Some other dogs. Don't want to be 12 at that point. 13. We're not getting more than what we currently have. Oh, right. <clears throat> if they, if the only reason why we would get more is if they go on to be with the Lord mm-hmm. or the dog Lord or whatever. <laughs> I ten years from now, well, I I feel like our friendship will look the same. I mean, like of course we will have grown through different experiences, but one thing that Becky mentioned earlier is just that like because our friendship has stood the test of time, like. I feel like we could pretty much go through anything and the waters aren't going to be too sh- too shaken over it. And even if they are shaken, like, we're just going to hold yeah. on for dear life, so. We'll be fine. Yeah, so I think it'd be cool. It'll be cool to see, you know, if y'all have kids or if I have kids or And they're best like. friends. Yeah, maybe I can move on to this vacant lot or whatever. <gasps> maybe. I don't know. Maybe. We put a double wide over there. Oh my a double we're not, wide. We're not gonna put. He Laura just put in a, me in a double wide. We're not gonna put Laura <laughs> in a double wide. Low Hashtag overhead, goals. low overhead, high profit. Right, high profit. Element. You work for Debt a financial free. advisor. 
Debt free. You should know. Maybe he'll let me buy a double line before I can buy a real house. <laughs> Debt free. Yeah, oh, that in is one years, thing that I look forward to, both of us. In 10 years, do you think it would be debt free? I think. What's the projection? The totally projection was 10, was, 10, was 10 years, right? No, it was less, less than, than 10 years. Oh, for Did me? you get a projection? I haven't gotten a projection yet. Yeah. I think our projection. <laughs> it better be less than 10 our years. Our projection will probably be less than 10 years, babe. Well, Y'all need to do that forgiveness thing. Forgiveness? What do you mean, like, like, when you we have forgiven each another? other. Oh, no, the you for sure, out. because you're an educator. The ten year forgiveness thing. When you make a consistent payment for ten years, then they just forgive the rest of the balance. I've tried every time I send the payment in. I mean, I send the forms in. They send them back to me because something is wrong with the forms. <laughs> send them back because we're not eligible. <laughs> they just need to make that more friendly. They send them back because they're like, you need more paperwork, and I'm like, I'm a teacher. All I do is paperwork. I can't send you anything else. Exactly. Well, thank you guys for being on the pod today. Oh, this is a micro pod. Yeah, well, we, we got to about 30 minutes. It's a good size. Oh, wow. And okay. you have to cut about 25 minutes out. Cause it's going to be at least, we're going to be closer to 30 after we cut out. Because we mentioned names. we got to cut out names. And affiliations. <laughs> I put y'all on Snapchat. I'll probably keep this section in when we're talking about how we cut out names and affiliations. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that's our lives. Our lives but, are pretty intertwined. Yeah, intertwined. So, I, yeah. We're going to protect people and protect, protect ourselves. Protect the innocent or not. We need to protect ourselves. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> protection. There are people who are married and Thank you guys so much for tuning in to Chapter 10 of the Share the Story podcast. This was a really fun one. Really got to dig on in and reminisce. And I'm willing to bet that many of you got to thinking about those relationships in college and high school, those relationships with people who knew you and know you better than a lot of people that you're friends with even today, the people who can relate to those stories that you have to leave out certain names. I'm sure many of us noticed today that we had to cut out certain names in order to protect people and and not throw people under the bus who were not present to be able to defend themselves. And uh, those are always the, the most fun stories to tell. But we're really thankful for people in our lives like Laura. I know myself, for one, was thinking the whole time about people that I had in college. Late night playing spades and things like that and the stories that we would share and the crazy things that we would get into. Life really can tend to get away from us at times. Pursuing careers, getting kids, new responsibilities. Sometimes you just wish you could slow it on down and take some time out to sit and talk and think back. I was really glad we got the opportunity to do that today. Thank you guys for tracking with us. This has been Chapter 10 of Share the Story. Of course, the backing track is done by my main man, Jerry Blackwell. You can find him on SoundCloud. Listen, he's one of the LSMCs that you've probably never heard of. So go check him out. Like him on SoundCloud. Also, we'd love to hear from you on iTunes. Give us a thumbs up. Leave us a comment. Give us a good review. We'd love to hear from you. That always helps us out. This has been Chapter 10 of Share the Story. Friends are like life. I've been Michael Baylor. We'll catch you next time.